This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh, it's my favorite day of the week, Thursday night, because we go live every Thursday night. Whether it's the in-season, the off-season, it doesn't matter. 9.30 sharp, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is live on our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in and subscribe to our channel, please, if you have not done so already. Hit the bell notification, stay up to date with us on the go. We're on every podcast app, and we're right in the thick of it. This is where we're starting to finally get into playoff contention, where the teams are starting to separate themselves. And if you're on five right now, it's do or die time. We are at that part of the season. It's what I live for. By the way, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I got my co-host, Danielle Dubois, fresh off of her Amsterdam trip. Danielle, how'd you do there? Oh, I did so well and surprisingly forgot to set any fantasy lineups, and I won in all my leagues. So I think I need to leave the country every week. Because I think that's the way to win, I think. Um, Patriots, not so much, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) You could have at least lied and said you gave your lineups to me, and I I plugged them in for you. Oh, exactly, yeah. That's what we did, yeah. (laughs) No, it's all right. You missed the Patriots getting their asses kicked, so that's that's the only important thing. we so of course we have an injury inquiries episode today. The second half of the show, we'll have Chris Dowhower and Chaz Florida come on the cash of tickets after this, but. It's a big week for injury, so I can't really waste any time in getting our next guest uh, introduced here. So let's let's go ahead and do that. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. He's on the bottom half of your screen. The number one fantasy sports injury analyst in the world, Mr. Brian Scott. Love it. I, I think next time I'm going to start in the back and kind of oh, yeah, that'd do be a great. walk. I'm, I'm still waiting for the LeBron powder okay. when you sit down. I'm totally <laughs> yeah. over for that. We can, we can work on something like that. Now I called you number one in the world. I'm going to call you number one in the universe next week. I got to find hey, a way to keep amping it up. Let's sometime. do it. I'm all for it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, Brian, dude. So, yeah, I'm putting together waiver wire rankings list on Tuesday, and I mm-hmm. released it out everywhere on our social media feeds. Follow us, MDFF Show, or at Billy MDFF on X, on uh, X, Twitter, whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> dude, it was a nightmare. So, yeah. it, here's the one cool thing, in a way, kind of, sort of, you want to look at it that way, you know, cup half full, mm-hmm. is that I had a ton of options to rank, unlike the previous week where there was nothing going on the waiver wire. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> everybody has value before, okay. you know, very wrong reasons yeah um so yeah let's just get let's get right into this man uh if i can find yeah. a drop here yep that'd be good oh, 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 oh. all right danielle who do we have up first uh we have anthony richardson ac joint sprain ah oh, tough injury man this is a tough one on the throwing shoulder of a quarterback nonetheless not what you want to hear. Grade three, man. That's a, that's like that's a serious sprain. That basically means his clavicle is like this. Like it's 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 like sticking up in the air. So here's the problem with that injury. Not only does it hurt and it's very painful, takes a while to get over it, but it's kind of one of those things like, do you do surgery? Do you not do surgery? And the surgery for that, I gotta be honest, dude, in the 20 plus years I've done a bunch of them, they a lot of them don't do very well. Oh. It has a high failure rate. Um, they've Not kind of come here. up with some newer techniques and some newer uh, instrumentation to use to do this procedure. But man, in an NFL quarterback, I can't remember the last time I heard of a guy with a grade three AC joint sprain have surgery and come back as a quarterback. I, I, I don't ever recall a quarterback having this type of injury. So he's on IR. But, man, I have a feeling this could extend well beyond four games. This could be a pretty significant length, lengthy abs- uh, absence. I mean, that's in line with the reporting. The reporting's been, you know, he's definitely out the four weeks, obviously, because he's on the IR. But they're saying four to eight weeks. And like oh, yeah. kind of like you said, they're contemplating surgery. They're not really sure what options they want to go. I got to be honest, even if he, if whether he does or does not have surgery, this is going to be a long recovery, man. This is oh. not going to be an easy recovery. And and again, the, complicated by the fact that it's his throwing shoulder. 
Right. And it's like, when do you decide whether or not surgery is the route to go? Right. Every day, every week that goes by that you don't do it, that's a week that's going to extend to the end of it if you do decide to pull the trigger. So it's like, it's a really tough situation to be in for him. Yeah. So, so the way I'm looking at this then is, well, first of all, my question is if it's a grade three sprain, the way you're describing it, does that mean like, it's like one step less than actually just breaking the clavicle altogether? Is well, it's like... not a break at all. It's a ligament injury. But the okay. thing is, the ligament is so torn. Grade three basically means a complete tear. And the ligament is responsible for holding the clavicle down to the acromion. So Basically, his clavicle has popped up like this. That's essentially what that means. That's what happens. You have 600 pounds just fall flat on your shoulder, which is basically what happened in this situation, how he got it injured in the first place. Yeah, so, I mean, the Colts are going to be, in a, I think, in a delicate situation. It's not really, I mean, I know right now because they've won a few games, technically they're in the playoff race, but this wasn't really supposed to be a playoff team. So if I'm in their shoes, I don't know if I'm bringing back Anthony Richardson this year, but we'll have to see exactly how this plays out towards the year. I don't want to forecast that. Uh, we talked a little bit about what this meant for the Colts with Gardner Minshew taking over for you know the foreseeable future here. Danielle, I'd love to get your thoughts on the, on the situation. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I think Anthony Richardson, I mean, I was really low on him going into this year. Not even going to lie. I'm so sorry, Anthony Richardson, because then he came out and he really did surprise me. And he was starting to look like himself. And he honestly was very impressive. Um, so this is really, really sad to see because I think it was really awesome to see what he had in the first few games there. And the fact that he won't be able to progress anymore this season, at least for a while, is uh, really damaging to the Colts, I think. And I mean, Gardner Minshew is going to be fine, but I don't know. They're just going to be a very eh team, and that's kind of what I expected them to be. Yeah, uh, especially now. I mean, the one thing, like I will say, I do think it helps the wide receivers. Gardner Minshew is a much more pocket passer, uh, and they'll, he'll have to lean on the receivers more. The offense won't be so built around the quarterback rushing. Probably better for Jonathan Taylor from that instance too. There's more volume to go around. Although we'll see if the offense as a whole is not be able to be able to hold up the scoring ceiling that they had established. As a result of that, we got a, a question coming in from Kive. Should I trade Nico Collins, Michael Pittman, Dallas Goddard for Devontae Adams, Evan Ingram in an eight-man league where I already have Mark Andrews? I would I would go back and see, can you get something besides Evan Ingram? Um, yeah. Because if you already have Mark Andrews and you're in an eight-man league, I'm not really looking for a reason to play or have Evan Ingram on top of it. Uh, so I'm all about the Devontae Adams trade. If you can put that, I would honestly, like, if you just could Nico Collins, Pittman, and Goddard for Adams alone, uh, I would do that. But if you can... You can get somebody else who has a tight end there. I'd go that direction. Josh saying, uh, rate my 20-man <laughs> PPR team. My goodness. Gino, JT, Aaron Jones, Tyreek, Amon Ra, Komet, Josh Jones. If it's a 20-man league, that's a pretty good core to have. I think you're going to be uh, A-OK. I'd compare to the rest of your mates there because that's got to be a crazy depth, chop, uh, depth chart you got going on there. Um, who's our next quarterback there, Danielle? Daniel Jones is next. Yeah, so um, reports are that it's not the same injury that he had back in 2021, with, uh, which caused him to miss six games, like the last six weeks, I think, of that season. Yeah. But he's missed two days of practice already. So whatever it is, it must be significant enough. That they're also He's probably banged up all over the place, to be honest, with the, the way the Giants O line's been. So <laughs> they're going to... Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much sums it up. Um, they're going to, you know, we'll, we'll likely see Tyrod Taylor this week is my prediction. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to uh, jump out there against the Bills. and risk Yeah, so uh, remember how you, um, you guys weren't here on the show, but uh, if you guys are tuning back in again today, remember yesterday how I said take the Buffalo Bills minus the 14, hammer that hard now because if it's Tyrod Taylor, that's going to go up probably to 16 and a half by the point line by the time we get to the Sunday night game. Just, you know, a little FYI here. Um, Danielle, if if Jones can't play, not that there's too many fantasy relevant options to begin with, and we'll talk about <laughs> two more of them that are injured anyway, um, but I can't imagine we're touching anybody against the Bills. No, not at all. I'm going to stay very far away from that. Yeah, that's, prob that's probably a good call. We got another quarterback to talk about, don't we? Yes, Deshaun Watson and shoulder. Yeah, um, it's weird. Uh, they're calling it a rotator cuff bruise, whatever the hell that is. I oh, haven't I heard of it. I thought you were going to know. I needed you to tell me. I didn't know <laughs> what it was. I was hoping you would know. Okay, so first of all, that that obviously is not coming from the medical team, that report. Um, <laughs> it's probably like the third string equipment manager who's spreading news <laughs> to the reporters uh, outside the locker room there. So I'm not really putting much stock in that report, but... 
he didn't practice again today and he's already missed now last week's game after they determined like 90 minutes before that he couldn't get anything on his throws. So they sat him. So whatever's going on, um, it sounds like he was actually cleared to play, but then between him and the team, they decided not to do it. So this could be a game time decision again this week, but he, maybe he's just resting and he's like, listen, I just need another day or two to kind of get over this. I, I don't know. I mean, Josina Anderson was reporting that they that he is not expected to play from from whatever source she's getting from the team. I mean, he uh, hasn't practiced in two days uh, this week, so coming off a bye on top of right, it. right, so, right. That's, that's a big key too. So I don't know if we're going to see him go, uh, Danielle. The report is that PJ Walker will once again make an appearance on the NFL field if Deshaun Watson cannot go, and they're playing San Francisco on Sunday. So here's my question to you. Are you going to play Amari Cooper or Jerome Ford in your lineup at all? Are you actually going to bench or are you going to just bench these guys? It kind of depends on what spot I'm in with my fantasy team. And if there's any specific people that are not looking too good or questionable, there's a lot of injuries as we know. So it kind of depends on what spot that I'm in. I might be looking to get somebody off the wires, the waiver wires, honestly, depending on what my team's looking like. Cause I wouldn't necessarily feel the most confident in playing forward this week, but you know, if you have them and you need to go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I went ahead and I, I ranked both of them as if he wouldn't play. And I wound up having Amari Cooper at wide receiver 34 and Jerome Ford at RB 35. So basically back end flex plays. If you have no other options. And I, I don't know how much I want to do that. Uh, like DTR, we saw what happened when the Browns had to play with DTR it ain't better with PJ Walker on the field. We've seen that time and time again. So just FYI, guys, I would steer away, especially against the San Francisco 49ers. That's going to be what doesn't make sense to me, Dan, is like, you know, he's got a lot of these massage therapists probably on speed dial. Like, why not just file him up and let's get this thing healed up? Sorry, too soon. Too that was, soon? And, no, that was not too soon at all. Because oh, okay. <laughs> you know they got him. You know, you know they got to hit him away. That was part of his contract getting over to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a better job keeping it under wraps for you. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's let's get into our, our running back section. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. It is. It's a massacre. Uh, <laughs> the first one's good news, though, at least. Danielle, what do you got? Uh, Austin Eckler ankle. All right. Yeah, so I expect him back. Uh, he's like 99% healed, according to him. He's practiced in full today. Uh, we should see him pick up where he left off prior to the injury. He's had plenty of time to rest and get over this. Uh, I expect him to be a great day, prime time. All right, I like that. How about our next guy? Any chance for him? Daniel, who's that? Uh, Saquon Barkley and his ankle. Yeah, so um, I'll stick to my same comments as last weekend, and I think this is purely him just not wanting to be the sacrificial lamb in the backfield um, and risk further injury when it comes to this O-line. So he is just babying this thing and taking his time getting back. Uh, he's been doing weird limited stuff at practice. A couple of times he's been spotted in full team drills, but every time they ask him if he's ready to come back, he's like, eh, I'm not quite there yet. And and this, there's so much uncertainty going into the weekend. It just never sounds like he's going to be ready at this point. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, the, from what I was getting from, because I, I pay attention to a lot of these beat writers and what they're seeing at practice, basically it's still heavily taped. He still looks the same as he did last week as far as not looking very explosive in practice with the limited capacity that he has been doing. Um, so, yeah, I'm leaning towards him probably not going on Sunday either. And uh, I don't care if it's Eric Gray, Matt Britt. There, there's no handcuff here. There's no there's no fantasy value to to really be had. Uh, Daniel, help me out with the question here from Scrappy Plays Fortnite. Love the name there. Uh, just traded Justin Jefferson, Isaiah Pacheco, Laporta, Justin Herbert, and DK Metcalf. They got back Mahomes, Stephon Diggs, Travis Etienne, uh, Hawkinson, and Tony Pollard. What do you think about that? Oh, man. That's a very interesting That's trade because they're... There's some parts that I just like don't like at all and parts that I love. Um, I really, yeah. Okay. Getting digs. That's, that's always a plus. I mean, yeah, he's digs. There's not much to say there. Hawkinson, great tight end. Um, losing Jefferson though, it could be, that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, but, and I also love Herbert, but it's obviously Patrick Mahomes. So I think overall, 
I, I think it's a good trade, but there are parts of it that do hurt me to want to look at. Yeah, I mean, we we haven't got to talk about Jefferson yet, and we will in a few moments. But um, to get digs for Jefferson, that's where I'm like, yeah, no, you you win this trade, I think, uh, for sure, especially since we don't know when Jefferson's going to get back. More about that a little bit later. Who's our next running back? We have James Conner is knee. You know, he's not the only player on this list that has a knee injury, and they're not – Almost all of them, they're not been very specific about what the actual injury is, but uh, he's on IR and he'll miss the next four games. So it must have been pretty significant, either a sprain or some type of meniscal injury. Who knows? Um, hard to say, but uh, four games, he'll be out. Yeah. And I assume you're referring to Devon Achan too, with yeah. the knee issue, right? Yeah, they really haven't said what's going on with him. Now, I looked at some of the video that people were circulating around on social media claiming to be that when he got injured and it looked like it might have been like an MCL sprain. And, you know, that that would make sense. I mean, with those injuries, it could be anywhere between two to four weeks, depending on the severity. So the fact that they put him on IR tells me that if it was an MCL, then it was probably at least a moderate sprain and four weeks would be about right. So hopefully... You know, if he can get it right in that four-week time frame, he can be available uh, coming back off that uh, IR. Well, in his situation too, it, he's so dependent on his speed. Like you just you don't want him out there unless he's 100% running around a track meet because uh, mm-hmm. he's not going to be pounding the ball in the, between the tackles. And this is one of the problems why I had why I had problems with Devon Achan when he was coming out in the NFL draft. I'm like, yeah, sure, he's explosive as hell. I don't know how he's going to hold up to a workload. He didn't touch the ball more than 12 times really in any given game, and already he's had two injuries. He had the shoulder injury coming into the season, and now he had the knee issue here on top of it. Uh, so th- that's the crazy thing about it there. H- here you go, Danielle. Here's a question for you. Keontae Ingram or Amari Demarcado for Arizona? Which one's going to outperform the other this week? What do you think? Oh. I honestly don't know. This is kind of a toss-up. I mean, personally, I would probably lead towards Ingram, but um, I I really don't know. This Cardinals offense is very um, in disarray, it seems like. It seems like they don't necessarily know what their plan is every single week, and so it's kind of very hard for me to predict this, especially because James Conner was kind of their one consistent piece of their team, and so them that going down is definitely going to be a toss-up. I would probably lead towards Ingram, though. Yeah, it's going to be... I think it depends on what platform you're in. If you're in standard, I'm definitely leaning towards Keontae Ingram in that sense. He's going to get the goal line work, probably get the short yardage work, probably be the main ball carrier. Um, But Amari Demarcado was already kind of working his way into the passing game, even when James Conner was on the field. So I expect to see him there in that capacity as well. I just think it's funny. So many people were giving me crap about not putting Amari Demarcado in my top 10 running backs on the waiver wire rankings. It's like, how could you not put him out there? He got all the touches. I'm like, County Ingram wasn't active. That's that's why he got all the touches when James Conner went down. And all of a sudden, like, oh, I spent all this fab and I found out County Ingram was listed as a starter. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I think it's just I think it's a situation that's going to be a committee. And for the next four weeks, I don't think you're just you're not going to get that much value of the Cardinals' backfield, kind of regardless. I'm going to kind of use it as the Giants. Sorry, Brian, but I kind of look at it as the Giants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's the next running back on the list? Miles Sanders, the shoulder injury. Um, yeah, so uh, he's been on their injury report with various elements pretty much from the beginning of the season, and has still been able to you know not miss any time. So. Pretty much 50-50 here on whether he suits up and actually plays. Uh, take take your picks, take your chances, uh, you know, weigh your options, and <laughs> good luck. Yeah, I, I'm, well, for me personally, as somebody who owns Chuba Hubbard, I'm fingers crossed that he ain't going this week because I would love somebody to play over uh, Ramondre Stevenson in this league that I'm in. Uh, <laughs> didn't practice yesterday, didn't practice today. Like I said, it was groin injury last week. This week, yeah. it's the shoulder issue. The, the coach that? kind of admitted the fact that he picked it up this past week, and he wasn't even playing the full time too. He was splitting the snaps with Chuba Hubbard on top of it. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, Danielle, where's your confidence? Let's say Sanders doesn't play. Is Hubbard an RB two, or is he a flex play RB three in your mind? In my mind, he was probably around the art flex player RB three. I think in past years, I have ranked him as an RB two, but an honest. I've been, first of all, rudely awakened because every time I put him as an RB2, it just does not work out for me. Um, I've also just seen him, I'd say, um, 
he's just gone back a few steps. It seems like it seems like instead of progressing and getting better, he has taken some major steps backwards and hopefully he can get back to that RB two spot because we know he does have that potential. But to me, I just kind of rank him on the lower side and rather be pleasantly surprised by him than let down. If I put him in that RB two spot, <laughs> I like that perspective a lot. Uh, who's our next running? Give us our next two running backs on the same team. Uh, we have Khalil Herbert and then Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson with a concussion, Herbert high ankle sprain. Yeah, Johnson, as far as yesterday, I, he was in concussion protocol. I'm not sure if that changed today. He didn't practice um, today. So, I yeah, that. I mean, it is going to be tough to get out of concussion protocol as you head into Friday. I mean, if you haven't done anything yet, the likelihood that you'll be playing is pretty, pretty low. And they had played in a Thursday game, too, on top of it. Don't forget. Oh, well, then it's forget it. Extra yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Khalil Herbert, uh, he's got a high ankle sprain from what I've read. Now, that's not good considering they got a, they don't have the buy until week 13. So this is not something that you can typically play through and expect to get better as time goes on. Uh, it usually will make it linger. And the last thing you're going to want to do is linger past your bye week. But with a bye week at week 13, man, that, that puts them in a tough spot. It really depends on how severe this is, but I don't hear any reports about him potentially going on IR, so I'm not sure how severe this is. We'll have to kind of keep a close eye on what he's able to do, but he could miss at least a few weeks with this. Yeah, I heard two different reports. There was When it first came out, they were saying it was looked really, really bad and that it could be several weeks. There was another report that followed up that said it's going to be at least a few weeks, but they're not really sure if it's going to be several weeks. So there seems to be some conflicting as far as the severity of this particular high ankle sprain they're expecting as far as missed time goes. I haven't updated my rankings yet to reflect the idea that Roshan also is probably going to miss. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, Dante Foreman, we've seen him in the past when he gets a full workload and they're playing against Minnesota this week. He will probably be inside my top 20 when it comes to running backs uh, heading into this week. So uh, he shouldn't be available in your waiver wires. He was one of my top three guys to go ahead and pick up because I didn't expect Roshan to play because we were hearing that he wasn't going to come back to practice after being in a Thursday game the week before. Uh, but if he is out out there might be a guy you can plug and play immediately uh who's our last running back elijah mitchell and his knee yeah so he returned to practice today now whether or not it was limited or full i don't know but uh limited yeah yeah so he'll probably still carry a questionable tag into the weekend here but uh, likelihood is that he's um trending in the right direction and, and he'll be available Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to the wide receivers then. Because with Elijah Mitchell, I mean, I'm not that I'm just trying to brush over it, but he's just a handcuff at the end of the day. Some... Oh, you... <laughs> oh, no. Danielle, our first receiver. Yeah, this one's a big one. Uh, Justin Jefferson hamstring. This, this is a big one because I'm always a little worried when I see a player go down with a hamstring injury and then immediately go on IR, which tells me, man, it must've been significant. And this could potentially extend beyond that four game time frame before he enters the 21 day window to come back to the active roster. So this doesn't sound like it was a subtle tweak. This sounds like it was a significant hamstring injury. He definitely grabbed and limped off the field when it happened. It wasn't subtle. And uh, when you observed it, so uh, very, very difficult injury for a receiver to come back from. Good news is he's got youth on his side, but you know, we here we are, week six. I mean, tough, tough injury, tough spot in the season to come back from it. It's going to be a, a tough one. Yeah, it is going to be tough. Uh, Chandler Constantino, yes, we know a lot, of th a lot of things about Dynasty. So if you have a question, go ahead and ask <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Justin Jefferson, man. You, you have this situation where the Minnesota Vikings only have one win so far on the season. So you have to ask yourself the question, does he even come back? Because you have Kevin O'Connell from Sean McVay. He could look at what Sean McVay did with Cooper Cup last year. So, yeah, you know what? Shut it down. And I heard some morons on the radio talking about, well, it's his contract year. And he's got to go out there and play. Justin Jefferson's going to get paid. All right, I, I don't I don't know why that's a, you know even up for grabs. Justin <laughs> Jefferson's going to get paid. He could sit out the rest of the season and not be a big deal. Brian, to your point, I think what's going for him is that it's well known how dedicated he is to playing football as much as he possibly can, and he is young, so there's a chance he could recover from this and be back at worst-case scenario, maybe by your playoff stretch. So, Danielle, you, you could tell me what you think of this. We were talking about this in last night's show, and pretty much what we surmised was if you are 
five and oh, four and one, maybe even three and two, and you have a pretty strong team so far. You just had a couple of maybe bad luck weeks. You would you maybe trade low for Jefferson in hopes that you'd have him for that playoff stretch, knowing you'd have to take the risk that he could just get shut down due to circumstances with the Minnesota Vikings? Or would you just say, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna go anywhere near Jefferson with a 10-foot pole, no matter who you are. That's a tough one because the part of me really just wants to trade low for him while you can because it's Justin Jefferson. And if he does make that comeback, oh man, you might be you might be sliding through those playoffs, let me tell you. But if you have a good team already and you're just I mean, you are in that five and oh or four and one spot, I don't think I'd go near it and just kind of let it play out and just kind of see what happens because you never know. And I mean, you don't want to trade for somebody and let's say for some reason he isn't back to 100% when he gets back and you're taking that chance in the playoffs and it's a little risky. And if you already have a good team, it's just not worth it. I don't think. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a big risk. It's a big risk to take. It could be the meaning of a championship. I think it depends on how low, you can trade for him. That, yeah. I think that's going to wind up being the key. And I don't, I don't want to get out too much of a tangent because I know we're pressed for time. But come on, it, with this, 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 this notification I just got: NFL Prime with Taylor Swift in attendance. Travis Kelsey gets a hundred <laughs> yards. Are you kidding? Travis Kelsey got a hundred yards without Taylor Swift being attendance. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wondering, I am one of the people who's over this whole Taylor Swift <laughs> with Travis Kelsey. In case, in case you were wondering on that point. All right, who's, who's our next guy? Chris Olave and his toe. Well, uh, real quick though, the, the the Taylor Swift effect is real, and it's probably a big reason why you saw Travis Kelsey get back into the game with a sprained ankle. I hate you and so much. And suit up Brian. tonight with that thing wrapped up. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> with regards to Chris Olave, uh, he had some type of toe injury. He had a full day of reps in practice today. I don't think this is a major thing. We we will see him uh, this weekend suit up. All right, good. That that's good news there. Firing him up in your lineups. All right, so Chandler gets back to his money league. He's two and three. His team's loaded, but also have pieces to blow it up and go for <laughs> rebuild. But I think I could possibly sneak into the playoffs. I trade away CMC for pick projected 1.2, 2.2, and it's a super flex PPR league. Chandler, um, if you do truly have a strong team. And in a dynasty, you know, you have to be able to make decisions on players with more depth because that's usually dynasty wise. You're going to have players that you're dipping more to the pool than you are in redraft leagues. I am not going to trade away CMC if I think I have a chance for a championship at all. I, I'm not going to do it. And even though those are projected picks now, again, the 102, the 110, the 202, that could change by the season's end. Chris McCaffrey looks like he's ready to break records this year. So unless you're getting at least three first rounders, I'm not pulling the trigger on that at all, especially if you think your team has a chance to win a championship. Now, if you get to about week eight, week nine, and your team is not winning the way you expected it to, let's say you're, you're I don't know, uh, if you're week nine, let's, let's say you're three and six at that point, then okay. Then, then, we'll, then we'll go ahead and make that trade and start blowing things up. But right now, if you think you have any shot, there's no way I'm trading CMC. None. All right, so what's our next wide receiver? We have uh, Mike Evans and his hamstring. Yeah, so he got in some full reps today in practice. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong guy there. Uh, he was actually limited in practice yesterday. Wasn't present for the media portion of practice today sounds to me like he's probably not ready. Uh, I would keep an eye and see what he does tomorrow. This could be a game-time decision. My guess is, though, that we don't see him. Um, did they have their bye week yet? I no, think last, they did. Last right? week, they're coming off their bye yeah. right now. So so he you know, he might have just used that as like the, an extra week to get ready. But I, I, he, I mean, without a practice this week and full go on that thing, I'm always hesitant. Yeah, uh, Chandler, thanks for subbing to the channel. Um, if Chris Godwin is by himself, he's a top 24 wide receiver. If Mike Evans plays, he's a wide receiver three and a bottom end flex play probably because he doesn't have the touchdown upside. Daniel, you agree disagree with that? I agree with that completely. Yeah, okay. So what's our next receiver? Because we do have to move a little bit. <laughs> T. Higgins and his ribs. 
Yeah, so it sounded like he was actually doing really well. There was even talk that he might have been available last week, but they decided not to give him a little extra time to rest. And he was limited in practice yesterday and today. But that's a great sign with a rib fracture injury. So if he's able to ramp it up tomorrow, um, he could be available. Okay. Yeah, that, you know, I, with these rib injuries, it's always a little tricky. You're never really sure. Yeah, rib um, fractures are very painful, but when they heal, it's like a quick turnaround. So as long as okay. he can get to that point, uh, it we should see him bounce back pretty quick once he gets over that hump, which takes a few weeks. But Well, Danielle, with, with that news, with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow finally looking good last week, I mean, do you think this is, are we going to start to see the Bengals of old here? Or you still think they have some woes they need to figure out? I mean, obviously they do have some things that they need to figure out still, but I think they're going to be getting back to their, their normal selves. I don't think it was there to stay throughout the entire season by any means. It's, it's too good of an offense for it to just go through an entire season, just not doing well. Yeah, I, I I think I think we're about to see them finally because Joe Burrow actually moved his legs. That was the big key for me. So I think we're about to see some stuff there. Uh, Ray, someone sent me a trade of giving me Saquon Barkley, Chris Olave, Jacoby Myers, and Zach Moss for Devontae Adams, Ramondre Stevenson, Alexander Madison, and I'm not sure what you mean by White or is that White or Adams or White slash Adams? Oh, okay, I guess you White slash Adams would be my new wide receiver one with Waddle, Olave, and Watson. If you did the trade. Um, yeah, any t- look, I'm just gonna put it to you this way anytime you get Devontae Adams on your team, go ahead, pull the trigger. I, I was, we'll make this, we'll make this real simple. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's skip Tank Dell because I'm pretty sure he's not gonna play. That's all, it's been all the you reporting. Can, you can skip Traylon, you can skip Zay Jones. Yeah, none those of those guys, guys are gonna play. I do want to ask you, when, do you, when do you think Traylon's gonna come back? I did want to ask no you, idea. I no, no idea. I have no idea. Um, he's third game in a row now he's not traveling with the team it's been unclear as to exactly what is wrong with his knee but it didn't sound good from the get-go uh could be a few more weeks but you know i don't know why they didn't put him on ir if it's going to be an extended thing so it's kind of weird yeah and we're uh, as far as tight ends i'm going to skip the buffalo tight ends i don't think kincaid's going to play knox going to play and they haven't really been fantasy relevant anyway i think think knox might be available if of of the two because kincaid's still in concussion protocol so yeah Still not fantasy. They have really haven't been fantasy relevant. Well, um, this could be Knox's chance. They've been splitting so much time that they really have been a shared kind of thing. So maybe Knox gets a chance here. Uh, his wrist injury didn't seem too bad. It's true. Daniel, you can tell me if I'm wrong, though. I think against the Giants, it might be just all bored. Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs train, James Cook train. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. Would you stream I, Knox in that situation or no? Uh, probably not. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Who's our other tight end that we haven't talked about, though? Uh, Darren Waller with a groin injury. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Giants can't afford to take else, take out right, anybody else. Off that offensive I don't team. care. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who, you sit him, you might as well just fold up the entire offense and punt every down. I mean, <laughs> if if he sits, Jones sits, and Barkley sits, you're going to be left with Tyrod Taylor handing the ball off to a mixture of Eric Gray and Matt Breida, <laughs> throwing the ball to a mixture of. Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson. Hyatt, Hyatt, Hyatt hasn't even seen the field. He's probably the like, one guy that's got like some actual skill and speed. Uh, <laughs> and they haven't even the guy hasn't even seen the field in two games. I don't, know Beasley. Put, I don't even know if they put three points on the board if that wants to be in the team there. Oh man. Well, I want to thank you both uh for coming on and uh knocking out what was a heavy injury segment this week, unfortunately. <laughs> uh Brian, what do you got coming up next? Where do you want people to follow you at? Uh, well, i uh, got a podcast episode I'm releasing next Monday with a great guest, as always. So please tune into that. You can find that on uh, the injuredlist.com, where you can also find my blog that I do every week with Andrew LaDuke of Fantasy Sports Corps, titled Inside the Medical Tent, where we go into a little more detail about the injuries and we give you some fantasy strategies on how to navigate around them. And then, of course, I'm always on Twitter doing daily updates and whatnot uh, at InjuredListPod. Yeah, absolutely a must follow at Injuredless Pod. Make sure you're getting the edge I talk about all the time. The way to get edge in fantasy football now is by knowing the injury news and understanding when players are going to be back and not back. Uh, just quick, uh, quick to Ray real quick. So the trade is going to actually be simply Saquon Barkley, Chris Olave, and Moss for Swift and Adams. Yeah, if, you, if you're the one giving up Barkley and Olave for Moss for Swift and Adams, go ahead and pull the trigger, Ray. Uh, Danielle, what do you got coming up? What do you want people to follow you at? Yeah, you guys can follow me at Twitter, just 
at Danielle Dubois, like it says on the screen, uh, going to Patriots practice tomorrow and doing. Oh, yeah. some Let me know fun. what their basics are, will you? Because I'm I'm curious. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send over <laughs> everything that I see of that really really awesome offense tomorrow. Just, just tell me if they're dumping the ball down the Ramondre in practice because that's really all I need to know. <laughs> I got you. I'll send you a message. I'll let everybody know on Twitter how Ramondre is looking tomorrow at practice. Um, and then you can follow me there for all my broadcasting things. We have a sports debate show on Monday, and then I do new segments every Tuesday and Thursday at my school that I will put out on Twitter. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you both so much for coming on. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Make sure you guys follow them again. All right. So with no ado, let's go ahead and get Chaz in here. Chaz, the man, what's going on, man? How are we doing today? Yeah. In their last seven games, the Patriots are averaging 14.42. And a lot of that was in the first three of those seven. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's pretty brutal right now, especially as we go through this list. We're trying to make some money. uh, Betting against the Patriots is a good way to go, but they are playing the Raiders this week. And we'll get into all of that. How you doing, man? How you been? Well, uh, uh, I, t- I told you what happened last weekend, right? Oh, <clears> of course. But LA. The fans, yeah. They got in the uh, got in the the bus, the party bus with twelve thirty. Oh no, there was ten ten of us total, so nine. We had twelve guys in the house, but three of them were meeting us there. So I had nine thirty year olds. They had Hennessy. They had Ciroc, S- S- the flavored vodka. And they had more bottles than I think they could possibly use. And then about halfway to L.A., we have to tell the driver to stop because it's all in the back. We had to get more bottles. It was insane. <laughs> but I, I told them, I'm taking this 297 and I'm going to pay for the weekend. So the weekend was $1,100 each because we were in a mansion. So it's like a, it was a, 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 a $7,000 uh, rental, house rental for three days. Okay. So it was a pool, jacuzzi, outside bar, the whole works. Five bedrooms, which is awesome. And and I did it. I paid for the trip. I had come up with eleven hundred dollars. When I was done Monday morning, my balance in my account was twelve hundred dollars. And I called my shots. I hit Saturday. I even went, I even we were in triple overtime at the USC game. There was twenty of us at the game. We got a great picture. But about right when they went down by seven, I put them on the money line. I got them at minus two hundred on the money line. They ended up going ahead. And then they got tied and went to overtime. I really thought I was going to lose the money. I thought they were going to blow the, the game. But they won by a two-point conversion on the uh, the weird third overtime that they have in college. I remember the days where you could it could be 17-all and you could get a seven point a 70-point over in college football because they just kept playing, you know? <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So you pay for the whole vacation. That's yeah, free, free trip. And I do that. I, I've, I've won a few free trips in my day. That's that's what yeah. that's what we love to see. All right. Well, uh, I think Chris is under the weather. I'm not sure if he's going to join us or not. So hopefully he can. But if not, it's just because he's feeling a little bit sick today. Hopefully he's feeling better soon. But let's go. Yeah, ahead. I, I felt so bad because I really had planned to get you the place. But the problem is. I had a red cup, one of those solo cups in my hand for literally 72 hours. Now, I wasn't drinking like hard. these guys, but I, you know, and I lost a couple and had to refresh it. And, you know, oh, my God, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of what the main kitchen looked like when I woke up Saturday morning. It was oh, I can only imagine. So the Airbnb uh, called at one in the morning and they were going to kick us out. Because the, the, we weren't supposed to be in – it's a neighborhood house, you know. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's L.A. You could have a big-ass house, but there's no land. The right. Lot, you know, you, you, yeah, yep. the, you, you, you want to have a, a, a tall developer because the wingspan between houses is as much arms as they can do. But uh, <laughs> So it was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. I just never got to it. And I ended up – you know, I, I told you, I'm really I'm, – I've – Kind of found my niche this year, combination of the data and, and the and the stats and the and the and learning from you guys with watching who's out because it makes such a difference. You just said it, but it makes such a difference, not just on your fantasy team, in general. One guy being out really can hiccup a whole offense or defense. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. So uh, let's get into it. Starting on our Sunday, we got a London game again. So nice, bright and early 930 Eastern time, 630 over on the West Coast. If you're on Chaz's time and the uh, Ravens are favored at minus four going up against the Tennessee Titans. The over under is at 
42. And for this game, I had pretty much no value as far as the game lines are concerned. Now, I know that Tennessee Titans have been playing real shaky, but their offense has actually played a lot better on the road. Technically speaking, this is a Tennessee Titan home game, but it's it's in London, so I'm looking at it as if it's on the road. Uh, and they played better as of late because of that. Baltimore Ravens, while they while Lamar Jackson has looked good from an NFL standpoint, their offense in general has still struggled to put up consistent points. Um, the one thing I did like in this game, both of these teams have only had one game go to the over so far this season. So the one thing I was looking to cash would be uh, the under. Chaz, what do you got for this game? That's exactly what I've got written down. It's actually one of my uh, six, seven plays. I got seven, seven plays, four big plays. But uh, yet, yeah, Baltimore ha- has allowed ten points or less in the first half for a lot of games. For a lot of games, we're talking about eighteen of the last nineteen games. Okay, so think about that's a year and a half that nobody has scored. They're under in nine of the last eleven. Tennessee under in five of the last six. So, I agree. All right, I like that. So let's go to Carolina and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins favored in this game at minus 13 and a half. Carolina 0 and 5 against the spread this year. Guess what? This is one of my lock them in. It's a lock. I'm taking the Dolphins to cover minus 13 and a half against Carolina. No sweat. We well, we are two for two, my man. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, of course. You <laughs> never know. That's the best part about handicapping. It's all done ahead of time. So, yeah, you never know. Like, uh, I, I was talking to one of my buddies. And he actually likes Cleveland against San Francisco with the points. And I said, well, you know what? That's why it's your money. You do what you want. But uh, we're, we're two for two. And here's what I got with this. Um, Miami has scored 16 or more points at home in the second half of six to seven. And they're allowing a 20, 20 or less in six of seven. They're five and one against the spread. I like Miami. Yeah, um, it's it's hard not to right now. And as far as him liking Cleveland with the points, and I know we'll get to that game a little bit later, I'm going to just give him the benefit of the doubt that he thought Deshaun Watson was going to play this week. Uh, Speaking of that game, that is our next game, San Francisco and the Cleveland Browns. This game started, and I'm glad I bet it when I did, the beginning of the week when people thought Watson was going to play, it was minus five and a half in favor of San Francisco on the road against Cleveland. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know. I just, when I printed the line to start, because I was a day late, remember, I got back Monday, yeah. and my blood alcohol level was still you know above where I could drive legally, so it wasn't until Tuesday that I started getting stuff, and I circled that. I said, what the hell, because I didn't read any news. I didn't know any reason why uh but yeah that uh that would be uh, a reason that i could see four points for well, sure yeah now yeah to your point now it's minus 10 yeah. in favor of san francisco and i'm still gonna go ahead and take san francisco there but that's not actually the bet that i'm focusing on i'm focusing on the 36 and a half over under the lowest over under of the week now the browns defense is good but P.J. Walker is going to give this 49er team plenty of opportunities. And the last time I checked, the 49ers haven't scored less than 30 points yet this season. And they just did it against a Dallas defense. Eight, eight straight games. Eight straight games. There you go. No, we, we didn't talk last week, but two weeks ago, it was six straight games. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I'm going to take the over because I'm expecting San Fran to pretty much score 30 on their own. So I'm going to cash the over here on Sam, on the 49ers and Browns game. Yeah, in the last 13 games, 49ers are 11 and 2 against the spread. This, though, is one of my first quarter bets as well because San Francisco has allowed three or less in five of five, and Cleveland has scored three points or less in 10 straight first quarters. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Okay, so let's head to the next matchup here. We got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincy. They are favored at minus three with an over-under of 45. This is one of the games I had circled that I was going to be probably no betting as far as the lines are concerned. So I'd like to see what you got in this one. Yeah, I I have Cincy. And in, in the bet I made when I was in New Orleans for the parlors, remember we did the show. Yeah, And I did two parlays. I did the eight with all eight of us, all eight of them. And, of course, Minnesota's on that one, so I figured out one I'm tearing up. But then I did one with five teams in it for 50 bucks. It pays a G-note, so it's 20 to 1. And I had Cincy, and all of a sudden, now what? They're 2 and 3, and 3 and 2. That division is always uh, an option at uh, 10 and 7 or 9 and 8 or whatever, how many games they play. There's one stat that jumps out at me. In the last... 15 games, Cincinnati's allowed one touchdown in the first quarter. 
in 15 games, three or less. I think there was one six, but one touchdown in 15 games in the first quarter. Okay, well, there you go. That's a good one to jump in on. Uh, what about the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears? The Vikings on the road and favored at minus three here, the over-under at 44. Now, I don't want to get swept up in the fact Chicago won their first game in 14 games last week, and I don't want to get swept up too much in the fact that Justin Jefferson is not going to be on the Minnesota Vikings. But it's kind of hard for me with the direction these two teams have been trending as of late to not take Chicago as an underdog this week, quite frankly, and to win this game outright on the money line just because of the way they've been trending. I don't know, Chaz. What do you think? Well, yeah, uh, this is one of those games similar to the Cincinnati game where I just like I, I, I looked at it and, and I had just that feeling off the back of my neck with both these teams. These are two teams that are just underperforming, to say the least. And I, 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 no matter what you would bet, Dan, in this game, I would say, well, good for you. Good luck. Because, <laughs> hey, you know what? If it's the only game on TV, I'm putting on the sound of music before I'm watching this game. <laughs> that, that's, that's completely fair. Okay, so we got uh, the Colts and the Jags in the next matchup. The Jaguars at minus four. I actually talked about this game a little bit yesterday. I'm taking the Jaguars to cover that. They beat the Colts by 10 points earlier in the year in Indianapolis and with the starting quarterback. Now they get to face them in Jacksonville with the backup quarterback. The over-under being 44, but I'm taking Jacksonville minus four here. What are you seeing? Yeah, in the last eight games, they've allowed three points or less in the first quarter. They're 4-1 against the spread. They've allowed seven or less in the first half, under eight of eight. And in the first quarter at home, they're under in seven of seven. So <clears throat> we talk about this all the time. When you have something that's seven, and it's for the home or away matchup, and they only play that like really that many in a whole year, seven goes all the way back to, to the middle of last year. So that's a long trend. Yeah, 100% agree there. Uh, Let's go to the Commanders against the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons favored at home, as they typically have been so far this season, at minus 2.5. But interesting enough, uh, the Falcons at minus 2.5 favorites haven't been all that great so far this year. 1-2 and against the spread. The over-under sitting there at 42. I know the Commanders got destroyed by the Bears, and that's what everybody's going to remember because it was national television on a Thursday night game. But the Falcons haven't been really that impressive to me. And the Commanders have actually been pretty good when they are the underdogs. This ultimately is a pick 50-50 split. I have no bet in this game. So what do you got? Well, uh, there's a trend here for Atlanta. In the first half, they have scored 10 or less in 10 of their last 11. And they are currently in the first half overall on an 0-10 against the spread run. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, we get a little cash on that one. I like that. How about the uh, the Saints and the Texans? So this was one where the Texans are 3-1 against the spread when underdogs. The Saints haven't been very good in games in which they're only favored by one and a half, or I think it's two and a half or less they haven't been very good in. But this is what I talked about yesterday that I'm bucking the trend here because I believe the Saints are just flat out the better team and they're only favored by minus one and a half points on the road. So I am actually taking... The Saints here, and I actually have them in a parlay right now, I believe, with uh, – I got to check it again. But I do have them in a parlay bet right now with my own money. So I am I am about the Saints winning this game uh, by more than one and a half points. What do you think, Chaz? Well, a few weeks back, you remember I told you I was on the trend of betting against the, whoever the Saints are playing. I'm betting the other team's total under. Well, this weekend it was the Patriots, and I kept going in and out of the party room where they were playing poker. They had a nonstop poker game going for like 72 hours. <laughs> And 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 I just kept looking. The score was still zero. I went to the other room because <laughs> I don't play poker. But here's here's what eleven straight. They've they've allowed no touchdowns in eleven straight first quarters. In ten of eleven, they've allowed ten or less. This is New Orleans in the in the first half. For the game, they've allowed twenty or less in twelve of thirteen. And they are on a current run. Remember, we just had a ten and zero run. Who was that? Atlanta it was zero and ten, right against the spread. Yes. 13 straight unders for the Saints. 13 straight. Wow. Wow. And that, that under, and you know what? I kind of like that. It's a 42 over under. The Saints have not really pushed the football down the field. There are some woeful offenses right now in the NFL. <laughs> there are. It's been. And woeful is that's, you know, in case kids are watching. 
Yeah, and 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 betting the unders just like last year has been the way to go so far this year, one hundred percent. But the Houston Texans, you know, they're down a playmaker in Tank Dell going into this week. It's a bad match as far as how their offense matches up with the Saints' defense. So this is one of the reasons why I'm taking the Saints to win outright, and that's why I still like I like what you're saying about the under here too, for that matter. All right, let's go to this game. I want to hold my nose and just cry from the stench of it. It's uh, the Patriots taking on the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Vegas is uh, favored in this game by minus three. The over-under sitting at 41. And uh, this is a a no bet to me because I got two teams here. I have no idea what to expect from on a week-to-week basis. So what do you see in Chaz? Uh, the, score three or less, score 10 or less, score nine or less, one and seven against the spread, score 10 or less, score 18 or less. I mean, this is an under game. I got it under. Okay. Remember, I started because Danielle had mentioned she was going to the practice and you you know, yeah. you, you made a, sn- a snark, <laughs> snark comment about the offense. Well, it was you had a legitimate reason. They just are horrible. So what happens? Here's my philosophy. Sure. Guys like Brady and Belichick, so they meet with Satan and they sign the documents in blood, you know, and then and just like Shrek, no different than Shrek, but Shrek it was with the little guy. I forget it wasn't Satan, it was the little guy in Shrek. Remember, he signed over his life to the yeah, 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 to the, to the little guy. Anyway, oh, I forget yeah. the little guy's name. So, um, and so then what happens is uh, you, you, that your shit comes due. Belichick is dealing with it now. Brady's he's losing his money with FTX. His wife left him. I mean, the bottom line is when you go over to the evil side, you got to deal with the results. Oh, that's fantastic. Chase has got it all. Chaz has got it all figured out as to why uh, everybody has gone downhill there. Uh, we got the Eagles taking all the Jets. There, I mean, no, just just so we're clear. Remember, yeah. it was his worst beat ever, right? Oh yeah. And then the next week they get shut out. I mean, golly gee, talk about being on a roll. Never. Like, yeah, no, it's 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 pathetic right now. That's well, that's why I was laughing because we're talking, you know, all the writers are talking about well, they're they say they're gonna get back to the basics. I'm like, they haven't had basics in like you know forever. I don't even yeah. know what their basics are supposed to be at this point. Um, okay, so we got the Eagles taking on the New York Jets. They're favored, the Eagles are uh favored at minus seven on the road, headed to the Meadowlands. The over under sitting here at 41. I think the Eagles are going to beat up the Jets badly as far as the trenches are concerned. So I'm going to take them to cover at minus seven. Oh, uh, we are just, I think that's the out of my seven games that I have opinions on of the 15, you've already hit three at four of them. Oh, we go. Okay. Four, four page says right. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the, the only way the Jets stay in this game is if Philadelphia beats themselves. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with that. That's why I'm taking, I think the minus seven line is actually a pretty generous one by Vegas. So that's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to jump on that one as much as I possibly can. You know, the other thing I, I did, uh, well, what helped me this weekend is I got, I, I banged out some serious, I, I was four for four in the, Nine o'clock games. Now these are guys. Most of the guys didn't bet the nine o'clock games, Dan, because they went to bed at five o'clock. Okay? <laughs> I, on the other hand, slid off into my own room and crashed. I went four for four in the noon game, so I'm eight for eight to start the day, and I got a bankroll. And so I started doing on Sunday. I did a some really big, you know, two hundred dollar money line parlays that paid like one thirty. So it's two hundred to win three thirty back, which is a crazy money line but it was like teams that were given nine and given seven and they were just winning easy like detroit was my big bet of the morning i won i i couldn't that was one of the easiest i had detroit in the over big ticket for me and it was one of the easiest wins so when you have a big bankroll you don't have to you don't have to let those the not covering impact you you could you could find those teams that there's no way that they always one or two loses over the course of the season you know that's why the survivor contest has you know 75 percent of the people gone already yeah absolutely uh, i love that uh detroit taking on the tampa bay bucks oh we got another lock them in lock them in it's a lock 
Detroit minus three. They are four and one against the spread this year. And it actually even includes games on the road like this one is in Tampa Bay. The over-under sitting at 42. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to have Mike Evans, one of their best offensive players that stretches the field. I like Detroit to kind of take care of business because they've been doing it the right way, which is beating you up in the trenches. And their defense has improved, which is a big key for me for them as far as being on the road and betting them confidently. So, yeah, take a Detroit minus three. Yeah, again, it's one of my plays as well, and uh, it's a first-quarter play because Detroit has scored a touchdown or more in four or five. Tampa Bay has scored three points or less in the first quarter in nine of ten. Those first-quarter bets are tricky, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to put a big parlay in and see if I could bang three or four of the ones where I mean nine or ten games in a row. If you ain't done something, what are you going to do different to change that? Yeah, no, exactly, one hundred percent, nothing, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Uh, we got uh, okay, so we got the Sunday night game, and this is and it's, it's already starting to move a little bit, but still lock them in for lock me. Lock them in. It's a lock. It's my third and final lock them in of the week. It's Buffalo minus now fourteen and a half. It was fourteen. Now it's fourteen and a half against the Giants. Forty four and a half over under. We just talked to Brian the first half hour. We don't think Daniel Jones is going to play. We don't think Saquon Barkley is going to play, and we don't think Darren Waller is going to play. This has blowout city written all over it. And I'm locking in the Buffalo Bills, even at the 14 and a half point line. If you, if, if you have bet against the New York Giants, the last five games in the four segments that I count for data, which is the first quarter, the first half, the second half in the game, your record is 17 and three against the spread. 17 and three. You know how much like money you're winning betting against the Giants? Yeah, keep it going. It's not going to change this week, FYI, guys. All right. So, Listen yeah. to this one. They scored three or less in 12 of 12 in the first half, and they're 1 in 10 against the uh, first quarter, and they're 1 in 10 against the spread. 1 in 10. It's been brutal in New York. Uh, guess what? Dale Jones, not worth the $40 million, FYI. Okay, so Monday night, our last game, the Dallas Cowboys going to be on primetime again for the second week in a row. They are favored on the road against the Chargers at minus two, the over-under at a 50 and a half. And guess what? This is my underdog pick of the week. I usually don't like betting on the Chargers, but coming off the bye week, their defense got healthier this week. The Cowboys look like a mess of a team without Trayvon Diggs, and now they lost Vander Esch on their defense as well. So I, usually when they lose Vander Esch, they're not as good of a run defense on top of it. Chargers offense, if nothing else, has been good so far this season. I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game outright as my underdog pick of the week. What do you think about that, Chaz? Well, yeah, the Chargers at home score a lot of points. Their offense is a very good offense, and they're, oh, yeah. they're supposed to get in the running back. Eckler's supposed to come back, right? Is he Eckler's right? definitely going to play. Yeah. And so you got to wonder, because uh, Dallas didn't really beat anybody. They were they were beating people, but they didn't beat anybody, and then they just got their asses handed to them Sunday night or Monday, yes, whatever did. night that was. Oh, was Sunday night. night. Yep. That was such a great game, though. Oh, my God. I mean, I had, I had half of the money I won, I won on that game because I just loaded up on San Francisco. I thought the mistake, the line was a mistake. I really did. I, you know, it's just I thought that the Detroit line looks like it's wrong this week, too. But you know what? The lines are wrong occasionally, but it's only till Monday morning that you really know which ones were and which ones weren't. But um, in the first half, in their last six games, they have scored 14 or more in the first half. They've scored seven. This is a Chargers, seven or more in the first quarter, four or five. They're six and one in the first half against the spread. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. When Chris was here, we'd be both bashing the Chargers. But this, uh, you know, this is the kind of game the Chargers win because it, it ends up being a meaningless game outside. It's not in your division, right? It, yeah. it, it's not going to get them in the playoffs. It's just the game. So I, I like that money line play. Better late than never. Chris coming in just in time for our three team parlay. Chris, how you doing? How you feeling, man? You all right? Super frustrated, man. Super frustrated. <laughs> Technology problems over there. Was that the issue? Same old thing. There's something with me and StreamYard. We just don't, we don't, we don't have the same click for some reason. I'm not really <laughs> sure what goes on, but. 20 minutes trying to log on. You want to wait for this to register? Do you want to wait for this? You want to wait for this? Yes. Well, you just you came in just as we were we were bashing the Chargers a little, Chris. Did you hear Chaz? 
Well, that's not too different, Chaz. I'm, that's pretty easy for us to do, especially especially for what you get to witness up close. Yeah, and it really is. This is a perfect time for, to bet on them because it's a game that at the end of the season will mean nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I said, the minor dog pick of the week. Yeah. But Chris, it's good. You're just time. So I'm going to give my player props. Chris, you think about who you want your parlay lock of the week to be. Um, so my player props for this week are Logan Thomas, 35 and a half receiving yards. Atlanta's given up the fifth most receiving yards to the tight end. And Thomas has already been over that mark three of the last four games. So I'm locking Logan Thomas in at over 35 and a half receiving yards this week. DJ Moore, 52 and a half receiving yards against a Vikings team that has allowed the most yards to the wide receivers in the NFL. And he's coming off a 230 yard performance and his player prop is still only 52 and a half receiving yards. I am cashing DJ Moore. Cooper Cup, 85 and a half receiving yards against Arizona, who's allowed the fourth most receiving yards to wide receivers. And he looks like he came back last week and didn't miss a freaking beat as far as what his role is in that offense. So we're cashing Cooper Cup over 85 and a half receiving yards. Those are player prop bets of the week for me. Okay, so let's go. Well, I guess I'll go first here. And uh, I don't want to take Chris's favorite team. So I'm going to say my lock parlay of the week is going to be Detroit at minus three. Chris, talk to me. So I'm gonna go. I I, I think the NFL is gonna pick the Ravens as we're saying my favorite. No, I thought you were gonna pick the Dolphins. Go with who? I thought you were gonna pick the Dolphins. That's what I thought you were going to do. Well, that's that is who I'm gonna pick. Actually, you're absolutely right. (laughs) So yes, Chaz, I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins. I know they play with their food a little too much sometimes, but I think that there's gonna be explosion offensively in this game. And I have no faith in Bryce Young doing anything. So I like the Dolphins in this game. Yeah, that was that was one of the games where the guys were on Miami, and he threw a pick right six, and they were going in to go like seventeen to three, and he throws a pick six, and I just turned around and hopped on Miami right then and there, and they were all biting nails at the end because it was really close. I had an extra touchdown to give on my bet, so I wasn't losing. All right, I'm okay because those are those are my plays. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm I'm leaning between San Francisco and Philly, but I, I, they're, the, they're the two best teams, right? So I, I think what I'm going to do, they're the right. Uh, they're two two best teams, pretty much in the uh, NFC right, right now, right? Well, undefeated teams oh, right now. Yeah. My mine's ten now, Chris. It, like yesterday, we talked. It was five and a half. Now that we know what Watts is not playing. It already jumped up to ten in a day. <laughs> it should be twenty. And I, I think I'm, I think I'm going Philly for the reason that um, Cleveland is not as inept as Philly is inept. I mean, as the Jets are. So I'm going to go with the with Philly. Okay, so, Philly minus seven. Philly minus seven. I don't, I don't hate that. I, I took Philly minus seven anyway. So I'm going. No, I mean, I, I literally you mentioned Philly, Detroit, Miami, and San Francisco in the under the Baltimore Tennessee game. Yep. So Chaz, I'm going to flip mine then because I'm going to go take San Francisco because I think that is even more of a guarantee. <laughs> But Chaz, you want to flip yours to Miami at 13 and a half? We wind up there anyway. No, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So we got Philly minus seven. We got San Francisco minus 10 as of this recording, because this that line might go up even further when we get to Sunday. So as of, over 20, lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> as of Thursday night, we're going uh San Francisco minus 10. And I'm taking a short minus three over the Tampa Bay. Yeah, that that minus three just seems like it, that that that. Um, I had the same feel when I saw that as I did when I had the minus five and a half when when the opening line for well, the San Francisco game. As you say, Chaz, what's the point spread? It's the Devils. devils That's it, baby. That's it. To, to ask Tom Brady and Bill Belichick about the devil. <laughs> that was that was great. That was a classic bit out of Chaz today. Uh, Chaz, what do you got coming up? What do you want people to follow you at, man? You know, right now I'm just getting back into um, feeling like I'm 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 not eating something that was delivered. You know, by a guy, a young kid. So, uh, I have no, al- I have literally no alcohol in my system right now for the first time in about a week. So, uh, I'm, I'm really feeling pretty good about it. <clears throat> and, and really, um, I, I've not been on social media much because I've been so busy. But uh, 
the, the the winning, I'm telling you, winning makes everything better. Just everything. The coffee was better. The the traffic, you know, you're sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. Everybody else is beeping your horn and you're just smiling because you were eight for eight, baby. Oh, man. Yeah, Chaz gets a free trip out of it. Yeah. Gotta love that. But That's I called crazy. it. As, and we've talked about this. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. You, you, you call your shots because anybody could say after the fact, well, I had them too. You know, yeah. Well, we actually, you didn't tell us. <laughs> so I was telling everybody. I actually, I gave a, one of the kids says, well, who do you like here? And he had that. He had that. I got my ass kicked in the first half. So this is now 1030 in the morning, right? These guys are on their second drink already. And I looked at the, and I said, you know what? I like the Houston Atlanta game over. And that was a game where they had no points in the third, and the guy looked at me like I was an idiot, and they scored like 13 points in the last four minutes. And I won on a field goal like with no time left on the clock. But it was a push. It was 21, and, and they had 21. So I wasn't losing. And then uh, they got that late field goal to, to put it yeah, over. Hey, you yeah. know what? That's, that's, that's the, the nickname. Second half chance. Always yes, giving yes, advice. Give me, tell me how to cash some tickets regardless of the situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, shout out to Buffalo for literally changing the law in New York State for a day so they could hand out drinks to their fans at the taverns. Yes, for the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It didn't matter. They, they should have been giving out drinks to the players in London. Yeah, and woke them up a little oh, bit. Oh, that was ugly. They were, they were still sleeping. That um, that's going to do it for the show. Guys, we'll be back Sunday night with Chase Thornton. We'll be talking about the uh, heroes and zeros, our observation notes for the week six action up until that point make sure you check out me and chris next wednesday for the operation domination preview episode which will be for week seven follow us on social media at billy up mdff show on x and mdff show everywhere else subscribe to our youtube channel and stay up to date with the show on the go when you download us on your favorite podcast app and Chaz, as you always like to say always be cashing we'll see you guys soon good luck this weekend